Last night's loss to Arizona felt like a fork in the road game for the Minnesota Wilds. Either stay the course and trudge uphill to a playoff spot and a hopeful second round appearance or to go the road less traveled and take a step back. And for the first time this season, that second option not sounding so bad. We discuss today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen of the day, make sure you've got the Lockdown NHL podcast ready to go on deck. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we react to last night's loss to the Arizona Coyotes and why I feel as though it has put the Wild into two possible outcomes, the second of which is becoming more and more appealing as the season goes on. We'll talk about uh, all of the things that the Wild have going against them in a push to the playoffs and uh, plenty more on today's episode. Today's episode of Lockdown Wild is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. Brutal loss. For the Wild last night, and uh, the more I think about it, and uh, waited until well after midnight to record this, because you can do a uh, reactionary podcast in the heat of the moment, and we did with uh, last night's Lockdown Wild postcast, but just wanted to let things kind of sit and stew and simmer uh, after a game that... The Wild just could not afford to lose with what they have coming up here in the month of February. I'm calling it a fork in the road game. What I mean by that is it feels like, and I know a lot of you have been in this mentality for a while. And for the first time this season, I'm I'm starting to come around to that line of thinking is, you know, you you want to see teams that you root for succeed. And so you look at the situation and you say, you know, anything can happen in the playoffs. All this team needs is just to get hot at the end of the year, get into the postseason, and anything can happen. And yet, we sit here in game 49 of the season. And the Wild just lost to a team actively tanking for Connor Bedard for the same reasons in which they lost every game so far this season up to this point. Bad penalties leading to a penalty kill being put on the ice in too many situations inability to score enough in five-on-five to keep pace, and power play being way too passive uh, for any opportunity 
to uh, to try to score a game tying goal late. And so it's possible that the Wilds continue this run that they're that they're on this season and they they find a way to offset some of those things and make it into the postseason. But what do postseason teams have in common uh, as as the postseason gets started? First and foremost, by and large, they have no issues scoring in five-on-five situations. The Wild are one of the worst teams in the NHL this year in five-on-five. So that is a big strike on the ledger of the Wild's postseason chances here for this season. Inability to score in five-on-five. You you can't get past that in the postseason because the other thing that postseason teams have – that the Wild do not this year, is the ability to play a very tight, very disciplined style of hockey. Wild are the most penalized team in the NHL. By far, hands down. And so what that leads to is in a postseason series, it leads to the opponent's who the other thing that uh, a lot of postseason teams have in common is good special teams with the ability to also play a tight penalty limited. You're not going to not have penalties, but a penalty limited game and the ability in the instances in which you do get a power play to pounce and when you go on the penalty kill to limit those situations, but also to successfully clear off those penalties. The amount of times that the Wilds get put in penalty kill situations just leads to that penalty kill being exposed night in and night out. Six penalties last night against Arizona. And yes, they killed five of them, but the one that they didn't was just a complete backbreaker. And with the inability to score in five-on-five, you can offset all of that. And so if this wild team continues on the trajectory that they're on as a potential third seed slash wild card going into the heart of um, some of the opponents higher up in the division, are you going to be able to play a less a penalty light style of play because here's the other thing a lot of the penalties are due to being beat towards the net or are just due to inattentiveness or just kind of getting beat up and down the ice it's all Penalties that the team puts themselves in that lead to opportunities for the opponents to score. And so those three, those two things are major red flags heading into a postseason series. And what do all postseason teams have in common? And I'm, I'm spitballing here. I'm sure there will be examples that go against my points. 
postseason teams, by and large, have at least a couple of really, really good centers. And we have gotten to the point again this season with the Wild where the center position has... The wheels have fallen off. You've got just... There need to be some changes made um, to the lineup, which will be another topic, I think, for later on in the week. But you had a wild team that gets pushed around in the faceoff circle again. And I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Faceoffs are not the ultimate indicator of success. For a team, the Wild have racked up more than a few wins over the last few years in which they have had a substantial disadvantage in the face-off circle. That being said, postseason magnifies everything. And so those three elements, ability to score in five-on-five, no check there. Good special teams on both ends while also being able to play a penalty light style no check there and centers one or two really really good centers uh, at the top of the lineup that can win battles and can impact the game for you um, in a positive way no check there and so one half of this fork in the road scenario is You keep going towards the playoffs, keep trying to win now, but if you get to the postseason, is it going to be more than a one-and-done based off of who you play if you go up against Dallas, if you go up against Colorado, the Kings, the Kraken? I... I had been up until this point on the side of let's let's go try to make something happen in the postseason. But again, we're we're almost to game fifty of the season. And these all all of these issues from the beginning of the year, that first three games of the season in which we said, Oh, this is a blip. This this is not the 2022-2023 Minnesota Wild. The defense has improved. The goaltending has improved. Five-on-five scoring has not. Penalties continue to just absolutely hamper this team every, every time they get any sort of positive momentum. At some point, you just kind of kind of take a look at that fork in the road and you look up the hill and yeah, I could probably get there if I really wanted to, but maybe backtracking a little bit and going on a path that this team doesn't typically do isn't a, uh, a bad route to go because uh, not only that is if you are going to try to make a playoff push or continue a playoff push you're gonna have to do something to inject some life into this roster because as of right now you've got Dean Evison saying one game back after the all-star break that the team needs to regroup optics 
I said it in the postcast. Optics is going to be a key theme this week. The optics for losing to Arizona right out of the break are very bad. And so is some of this an overreaction? Perhaps. But at some point, do you just have to kind of look in the mirror and admit that it may not be worthwhile to throw assets at a postseason push in which you're going to be lucky to get out of a series. Last year, I fully supported it because the way that that team was looking, you thought that they were going to be able to uh, to fight their way into at least the conference finals. And what happened? Went up against a team that was able to exploit them on the power play. Too many penalties, inability to score in five on five. And we lost Fiala. So it's it's that much more daunting here this season. So let's take a look at the other path that is potentially laid out in front of the Wild at this point in the season. So we'll we'll talk about what a step back would look like for this team as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by our new sports betting partner because they are the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that is even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. You can download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So head to FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thanks for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you check out the Locked on NHL podcast to get the full load on everything going on throughout the NHL. Locked on NHL is available on all of your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. So we're talking fork in the road today after losing to the Arizona Coyotes. Is it an overreaction? Maybe. But let's say the Wild do look long and hard in the mirror and come to the realization that it just... It's not something that one player will fix. It's not something you can go out at the deadline and get in one player to make this a viable contender. And so they decide to take a little bit of a step back and to look to the future. So how Bill Guerin would do that or should do that in that instance is to free up some spots in the roster. You've got a couple of guys, I think, that um, just have kind of come to the end of the line. 
Matt Dumba's the obvious one. And what you would get for him in return, it, there really isn't going to be a lot because, I mean, he doesn't have a ton of value for you at this point at the trade deadline. And so you would be just freeing up a roster spot and maybe you go a step further. Maybe you trade Dumba before if you have a taker between now and the trade deadline. Maybe you trade him earlier, get Alex Goligoski back into the lineup on a regular basis, and maybe then that becomes a move you can make as you get closer to the deadline is going in and, uh, and finding a team that needs a veteran that can kind of cover the back end uh, the way Goligoski has. So maybe that ends up being a scenario where you can find a couple of roster spots open on the back end. And as things go defensively, I mean, you if, if you're going to get somebody back, if by some strange miracle you're able to get somebody back in return, you give them a, a ton of playing time or you just kind of keep that seat filled with somebody down in Iowa until Brock Faber is ready to hop up here for his cup of tea. And you give him an opportunity down the stretch to see what he's got and what he's capable of bringing to this team beyond this season. Um, other than that, I mean, the big name, and and honestly, this is one that I really have, have tried to... Um, up the the in intensity for this is Jordan Greenway. I, I mean, we we talked about it at length the other day in trying to campaign for Brandon Duhame to get uh, a spot on in in an elevated role for this team because this was the other frustrating thing too about last night's game is it was mentioned during the broadcast that Dean likes to go. He likes to roll four lines. When when things are working, he likes to, to use all four lines. Fourth line provides a great spark. The only problem is, is that because the team commits so many penalties and gets behind, is that they're not able to they're not able to use that fourth line as much as they would like. So you're telling me that the fourth line is not playing because the other lines are committing penalties. And I, I understand if somebody commits a penalty, then you obviously have to go on the penalty kill. I get that. But if, if you have a line that's committing a bunch of penalties, why not just give them some bench time like they deserve and give that fourth line an opportunity to show what they are able to do. If you're going to just throw the, well, this line matched up with this line, this line matched up with this line. That is, I think, speaks to a problem of lack of adjustments in game, which also goes in tandem with lack of line adjustments as things uh, continue to not go well. And that is a problem. So you free up some roster spots. I think Greenway goes. You can find a taker 
for a guy who is big, doesn't use that physicality hardly at all, but I think you can find a team that is intrigued enough to take a flyer on a relatively relatively affordable contract at $3 million. It's not going to break the bank. And, you know, you may get a team like the Kraken who, who looks at that size and says, he's good defensively, he's, he's big, maybe that's something we can use. And, and it doesn't have to be the Kraken, just any team that is in the market for some size, um, and, and you free up that spot. And you start to get some of these young players back up. Two in particular. If the Wilds go down this fork to where they decide that playoffs are not playoffs are going to result in a one and done and therefore um, they're not going to necessarily push for it this year, then the two players that need to be immediately called up by the Wilds the next day or as soon as the trades happen is Sammy Walker and Marco Rossi. Rossi has been playing much better down in Iowa, as has been reported by Joe Smith, amongst others. He's added a he's added some ferocity to his game down at the AHL level. We we heard Ben Gislason talking about this last week. Um, he's brought some some ferociousness and some some anger to his game that's will help him at the NHL level. So let's test that out. Let's see if he is able to do that at the NHL level with no pressure, no we've got to have guys on the ice that are contributing to a a push to the playoffs. All of that will be gone. Get him on the ice, pair him up with Sammy Walker and Matt Boldy and just let that line do their thing. Or put Rossi with Kaprizov and Zuccarello. I really don't care. But if the Wilds go down that fork in the road, it needs to flip to development and auditions. Who are you putting around this new core that you are developing that is going to be coming up here in the next couple of years? Who are the complementary pieces that you put around that nucleus and uh, and then you move from this inner ring, which is your core, to the complementary players to then, okay, we're one or two pieces away in free agency and so we pluck somebody here, pluck somebody here and put them into the mix to, uh, to create that... Um, that roster that's going to compete for a uh, Stanley Cup once Parisi and Suter's contracts are off the books. That's the next goal. And so to finish today's episode of Locked on Wild, we'll take a look at the start of that next core for the Minnesota Wild because some of those pieces are already in place. And so we'll uh, discuss that as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild. After this, our next partner is a product I use literally every single day of the week. I started taking AG1 because it helps you simplify your vitamin and supplement routine. 
All it takes is one delicious scoop of AG1 and you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. AG1 is also lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, AG1 is a small micro-habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wilds. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wilds your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, find out about the Minnesota Vikings' new defensive coordinator, Brian Flores, as part of the excellent crew at Locked On Sports Minnesota and Locked On Vikings. Luke Braun has you covered, as well as everybody at Locked On Sports Minnesota. So make sure you follow along with them as they talk you through Brian Flores as Vikings defensive coordinator. All free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Continuing to talk about the fork in the road mentality for the Minnesota Wild. And assuming that the Wild do get to the other side of it and say, you know what, playoffs just isn't in the cards this year. Again, overreaction, maybe. If it is, let me know. I'm I'm going with kind of where I'm at as a fan with what we have seen from this team so far this year and the fact that 49 games in, it's the same stuff that's happening on a nightly basis. And so you get discouraged but we've seen Bill Guerin make some moves already to put together this next nucleus of players that uh, are going to be the building blocks for this team once uh, the Parisi and Suter cap hell is finished. You've got Kaprizov, of course, uh, signed to a deal, um, a modest $9 million per year over five years. So Kaprizov is part of that future. You've also got Matt Boldy and his 7x7 seven seven, uh, as part of that future. You've got Jewel Erickson Eck as part of that future as well. So you got those three guys locked up long-term as uh, key components and building blocks of the uh, the roster. And then you move from there to the likes of Jared Spurgeon and Jonas Brodeen. Now, yes, they are older, but still they are you know, key defensive components of what this team is trying to do. So you've got those five guys right there. You've got Jesper Volstead, who continues to just go on an absolute run um, over his last eight, nine, ten starts. And I think you can put him in that core group as well because while he is the youngest of the bunch, you have high expectations for what he's going to be able to bring 
as the franchise goalie and uh, that you're going to be able to build around him similar to what you would do with a rookie quarterback in the NFL where all the money goes into all the other spots, goalies on an entry-level contract, um, and you can use that to really capitalize and fill out those other spots on the roster with the money that you'll be getting um, after those contracts come off. So I would say that's probably your core right now is Kaprizov, Boldy, Erickson Eck, Spurgeon, Brodeen. I would put those four in it right now. You know, Volstead is your top prospect. Rossi is a prospect that uh, the Wild are hoping turns into a core piece. Needs a uh, another season, I think. And, and this is the other part, too, is that it's so tough because there's a tendency to just jump ship on guys um, because of circumstances not necessarily in their control. Rossi, obviously, mitocarditis, um, and then just, again, bad optics in the early part of the season for the Minnesota Wild that um, led to him not being put in a situation to really succeed, but then not playing all that great himself. Um, Kind of a perfect storm there. And so, you know, another part of this other bend in the road, this, this other fork, is giving those guys a full look at the NHL level to uh, to see what category they go into. So you've got your Kaprizovs, your Boldies, your Erickson X, Brodines, Spurgeons, all in one category. You could end up putting Marco Rossi into that category, but uh, just need to see everything kind of play out at the NHL level before making that determination. Now, where does Sammy Walker fit in? He kind of came... Um, he took the Iowa Wild by storm. Obviously, he's playing well enough to be in the All-Star game. So does he end up being one of those core pieces or a complementary piece? These are the types of things now that once it gets to where playoffs just are not attainable, these are the questions that are going to be answered. And it's not only going to be those young guys. It's going to be everybody on the roster that is having their contract come due and is up for another one or is going to be just not a piece that Bill Guerin wants to uh, to work around. And so we're seeing the transition to that happening while this team is trying to complete for a playoff spot, which I think is what makes it frustrating because you want to see the progress from these young guys You want to see them come up and get an opportunity. You want to see Sammy Walker stay up here for a a playoff push. But at the NHL level, success is measured by wins. And uh, that leads to this team kind of being at a fork in the road of still trying to compete for a playoff spot or finally getting to the point where it is time to take a step back and to uh, to bring more youth up to the roster. So 
We'll see. It's going to be a big February. We've been talking about it for the last week. And um, ultimately, the wild play like they did against Arizona, it's not going to be a doubt as to where they'll be at uh, because they're, they're going to be on the outside looking in. We'll see, though, how things play out, and we will, of course, continue to keep you up to date on all things Minnesota Wild. That will do it for today's episode of Locked on Wild. So now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure you check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast leading you up to Super Bowl 57 this weekend with the biggest storylines surrounding the biggest game. Locked on Sports Today is available on all of your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge, just like Locked on Wild. So make sure you follow us on all of your favorite podcast platforms to stay up to date with all things Minnesota Wilds throughout the rest of the season. We've got new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network.